Hi, this is Jeff Davis. I spent many years just down the road playing rock and roll along the lakefront in Chicago at WLS Music Radio. Sometimes people just need a really good reason to get back together and enjoy each other. This is one of those occasions. And now, more radio stories between old friends on another episode of the Storyteller Studio. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Tim Larson back in the Storyteller Studio in Rockford, Illinois. And today I am here solo, and you will soon find out why I'm the only one in the room. I think when we started the Storyteller Studio, it was because we had a lot of radio people around us. The stories were being told, they weren't being recorded. And of course, right around the corner was WROK's 100th anniversary in 2023. So we've done a lot of work in that particular area for this project. But I really believe that as the time goes on, there's going to be some folks that will either have something that they remember from a very long time ago that they want to share, so they'll submit it, or there's something that maybe happens to them currently. Maybe they ran into an old radio buddy, or they went to some event, which is exactly what I'm going to talk about today. I I think if you don't talk about it, you've missed an opportunity of some sort. The other side to that is those people that you want to share it with, you know, the story is going to get diluted after a while when you've told it for the fifth time. So I think this is a nice vehicle for being able to tell it while it's fresh, offer it up, and let people uh, enjoy it if they'd like to, if they have an interest in what the event or the person is. So this is surrounding an event that I found out about a month ago, which would be in about July of 2022. Uh, Believe it or not, I think I found it on Facebook or Instagram. And the Museum of Broadcast Communication in Chicago was doing an event called Rock Radio Revisited. It was going to be held at the Des Plaines Theater, 3 in the afternoon on a Sunday. And they were pulling in some of these folks that I listened to on the radio when I was a kid. And they're from all over the nation. So I figured, well, what the heck? I mean, I'm not really sure what they're going to do, but, you know... It's not a bad way to spend a Sunday afternoon. So I bought the ticket. It was a tiny upgrade for VIP, and I assumed it was something with a reception, you know, so why not? I end up getting in there, and boy, I'll tell you, if there is a radio god, the moons truly lined up that afternoon. Talking about being in the right place at the right time, when I went into the parking garage, There was a vehicle whose customized license plates said Air Talent. (laughs) What's your first hint that it's going to be a really good day? So I meander my way to the elevator, and these two ladies get in the elevator with me, and I said, good afternoon. And she says, oh, you must be going to the broadcast event. I said, yeah, I am. How do you know? She says, your voice. I think, wow, that was a really nice compliment. So we found the theater. We got in there. They put the wristband on me and they said uh, the reception is right upstairs I said you mean right now and she says yeah it's not afterwards it's before and I'm going holy crap I would have come earlier had I known that so I go up the stairs and they tell you to push this button a bookcase door opens up revealing the reception area 
And who were the first two people in maybe a room of 40 or 50 people? The first two people I see are John Records Landecker and Tommy Edwards. Well, of course, you know, I probably peed my pants just a tiny bit. And I'm not really good at receptions anyway. You know, you never know how to get into the conversation. You certainly don't know when to get out and so on and so forth. So I sort of meandered my way in there trying to recognize anybody. And of course, it's radio, so I don't recognize too many people. So this guy comes up to me as if he's a long-lost friend, and he says, I recognize you. And I said, I I really don't think you do. I'm a radio guy from Rockford. I really, really don't think you do. I said, but I recognize you. I said, you're Art Volo. I said, I just saw you on a YouTube video that you posted when you did an interview with John Records Landecker at WGN. He goes, yeah, that's me. I've known him since high school. Nicest guy you'd ever want to know. So, of course, we talked just a little bit, and he says, before you leave the room, you need to go talk to that guy. I can't remember what his name was at the time. And I said, why? Why? Why that guy? He says, because he's got the biggest pipes in the building. And later on, as this story goes on, I will certainly have talked to that guy. In fact, I sat next to him at dinner. So let's go on. We finish up the reception. I talked to uh, John Landecker. I talked to Tommy Edwards for just a little bit. And what I had also done previous to going there is I went through my radio tub, you know, sort of a Rubbermaid tub with all your stuff that you've saved for many, many years. And I had a great big manila envelope that simply said WLS. So I opened it up. I haven't touched it in a long time. And it was a full sales folder that I got when I went to a WLS tour when I was 19 years old. So I opened this thing up and everything in it was in pristine condition. I mean, no wrinkles, no crevices, no nothing. And it was a whole collection of four by six postcards. So it had Larry Lujak and Tommy Edwards, Bob Surratt, Jeff Davis, Art Wallace, Yvonne Daniels, the whole crew. So I pulled out Tommy and John and I put a, a Sharpie in this little pouch that I had. And I go, you know what? If I by any chance run into them, if I have the cojones to ask them if they would sign it, um, I at least have it with me and it's, it's not a burden. Okay, fine. Well, I also got from Mark Peabody, not too awful long ago, a lot of WLS playlists. And uh, they had uh, teased that some other people from around the country were possibly going to be there. If they weren't going to be there, they were going to send a video message. Okay, fine. So two of the people that were on these WLS playlists were Chris Eric Stevens and Chuck Buell among others, but those are the two that they mentioned. So I stuck a couple of sets of those in this pouch also, and I figured, you know what? If I see them, I see them. If I don't, if they don't show up, no big deal, no harm done. All right, so we go into this very, very old theater. It's a very, very quaint theater, and Dave Plyer from WGN was sort of the MC, the guy that sort of herded the cats and got everybody settled and, you know, sort of introduced the entire afternoon with what they were going to do with presentations and questions and it's a panel and so on and so forth. Well, then he introduced Wendy Snyder. Now, Wendy cut her teeth for many years at WLUP, The Loop, 
And then she teamed up with Bill Leff and was at WLS and WGN. Well, now she's back filling in. Currently, she's filling in uh, for Bob Surratt in the morning show for this particular week on WGN. So, you know, to a certain degree, she knows the industry, knows the history, knows the people, and could throw out some, uh, some questions to all these people. So the people that were on the panel were Tommy Edwards, John Landecker, Diana Williams, which Diana did radio in New York City, Philadelphia, and Washington, D.C. She's celebrating her 50th year in broadcasting, and she sort of got the emblem around her neck as being the first black woman in rock and roll radio because, you know, she grew up in Harlem with the Motown sound and stuff like that. So now all of a sudden she's tossed on the radio with the Doobie Brothers and the Eagles. And so she was a really good panelist, although I never listened to her on the radio. Now, the other person that was on the panel was Bob Stroud. And Bob was at WMET, and recently he was on The Drive. And he's a character. He can really tell a story, and he had a, a screaming blue uh, a suit jacket on, and he was sort of a character. I mean, he, he played the part very, very well with what needed to be done that day. Uh, one thing, as a side note, one thing that I learned from Tommy Edwards as the conversations and the questions went around is that he hired Yvonne Daniels for WLS. When he brought the music radio format from WABC in New York City, WLS was ABC owned and operated at the time, and I can't remember exactly who the PD was that he called, and he says, you know, this format in New York City will really work in Chicago, and it will sort of hopefully... um, keep that transition of AM Top 40 going to the FM signal at an arm's length, at least for a while. So that's how all that happened. When the questions and everything just sort of went on and the program went on, John Landecker said, I I do want to point out some people that uh, were very, very important, especially to Tommy and I back in the day that are in the audience. And in the front center row was John Guerin, who was program director at WLS for many years. Then he also pointed out Chuck Buell and Scott Childers and a lot of the past office people that were at WLS, and they were over sort of in a corner. So it was nice to sort of know that those people were surrounding you. As things sort of moved along, they did some video presentations from people that did not make it to the event, like uh, Chris Eric Stevens and Cousin Brucey from uh, WABC. He's 86 years old. He still does a show on Saturday night once a week. His name is Bruce Morrow. Uh, Gary Burbank was another one that did sort of a video greeting, and it was really sort of neat to see those people. They were showing uh, pictures of Tommy Edwards and Larry Lujak, back in the day with animal stories and playing air checks and, you know, John Landecker's uh, boogie check and stuff like that. So they, they sort of mixed it up really, really nice. Well, as they went on with their questions, it, it sort of got a little on the serious side and towards the future. And they asked each of the panel members, what's the future of radio? If you had a crystal ball for the media, I mean, obviously for where newspaper has gone and what is happening with TV and the multimedia and the social media and all, the the whole big bowl of spaghetti. They say, you know, if you had a crystal ball, where would you estimate radio to be in 50 years? Well, I think the best answer came from Tommy Edwards. He said, 
it's all going to be about content. He says, look at it this way. If you've got a favorite pizza that you have had for, I don't know how long, 20 years, and all of a sudden that favorite pizza either moves to the other side of town or closes down one of your locations closest to you, and you love that pizza, I mean, nothing matches up to it, would you, as a consumer, or in this case an audience member, would you drive on the other side of town to get that pizza, to get that content? And of course, everybody answered, of course I would. Maybe not as frequently as I did when it was open up at the other end of town, but I certainly would. And he goes, that's where I predict radio to be. If the content is what people want, which there does have to be a shift, because right now it's money and it's easy and it's voice tracking and you know people aren't as nutbally and goofy as they were back then. And if they are, those types of teams and individuals are certainly far and few between compared to um, maybe 30 years ago. He says those people will get their content however they can get their content. If they listen to it on the radio station's app on their phone, so be it. If they listen to it through their car radio like they always did, so be it. But if they want the content, they'll get it. The first thing that popped into my head was I'm so grateful for apps like iHeartRadio, for instance, because I can look up some of my old radio folks that are still in the industry and I can listen to them in San Diego and Richmond, Virginia and Anchorage, Alaska and Dallas, Texas. And all I have to do is punch it up and make sure that I've got the time zone right. That's it. So to a certain degree, I think I'm already doing what Tommy Edwards forecasts for radio down the road. I do want to promote one of our other episodes because we really uh, had a fun time. We sat down with uh, Gary Noel from WROK and WZOK, his son Steve Noel, and his daughter Carol Noel. Well, you will know those children in other radio names, but they are all alumni from WROK and WZOK. So we have them scheduled to be episode number 20 once we edit that down. And I encourage you to listen to the conversation that Steve Knoll and Chuck Doyle and I had about Bob Stroud talking about the contest that was carried on on the loop during the winter book that WMET sort of interfered with. So I encourage you to pick up that episode and that story. If you remember me mentioning that John Landecker pointed out John Guerin in the audience, he was sitting in front of me, and Chuck Buell was uh, sitting the row behind me. And I got an idea of what Chuck Buell looked like. So after we all broke up and the crowd is, you know, trying to find its way out, I went up to Chuck and I said, I have something for you, Chuck. And he goes, oh, my God, are you a record pig and you're going to bribe me to play your current record. I'm going, well, of course he's laughing. I says, no. And I pulled out these music surveys from 1969 and 1970 that had his picture along with Chris Eric Stevens in the promo part of this playlist. And he goes, whoa. And there was two different kinds of versions of the, of the photograph. So I brought a set for him and a set for me. And I says, I would really like it if you would sign across the set that I'm going to keep. So I gave him a Sharpie. Well, he purposely, and I didn't know he was messing with me, he purposely dropped the cap. So I would go after the cap and not pay attention that he turned the Sharpie so the ink 
was toward his arm. So as I stood back up from getting the cap, before he signed the playlist, he said, well, let me, let me test this marker a little bit. So he takes the Sharpie, of course, the non-ink end, and he rubs it across the heart portion of my suit jacket. <laughs> of course, you know, we're all reacting. And he goes, oh, God, that never gets old. So obviously he's done it a long time whenever there's an autograph session you know, for somebody. It was sort of fun. So I was able to uh, have a nice conversation with Chuck. Little did I know that I would be sitting down with him for dinner because you just thought that you would go home because you don't know anybody. Well, as I worked my way out of the crowd, there's people that overhear certain names as you're talking with certain other people. And one guy recognized me saying that I did most of my radio in Rockford, Illinois at WROK. So he comes over and he goes, I bet you know Bill Shannon. I said, yeah, I do. He goes, I bet you also know Kipper McGee. And then he started rattling off people like Shotgun Mark Rivers and Lisa Dent and Man Mountain Bob Walker and Joe Soto. And I mean, God, the list was so stinking long. Well, of course, he's been around for a while. What he is going to be doing on Labor Day weekend of 2022 is 66 hours of air checks when there was the war between WLSAM and WCFL. And they're calling it RewoundRadio.com, RewoundRadio.com. It was just fantastic that this guy was not only a dot connector, you know, he picked up on names and was able to, you know, figure out who knew who and so on and so forth. I'm sure that will pay off benefits for him down the road. Um, but it, it's just, it was a really cool uh, and welcoming group of people. Now, little did I know that as we finished everything out, and I got back into the parking garage, I would run into those same two ladies that I met when I got in the elevator. And of course, they're waving, you know, and they're waving me down, which I didn't know that until later. And they said, you came in the same time we do. We can't find our car and help us. Okay, I think it's over in this aisle. Okay, fine. She goes, hey, are you going down to Giordano's for the dinner tonight? I said, I don't know anything about it. She says, it's 10 minutes away it's a lot of former WLS people, and come along. Why don't you just come along? And I go, oh, okay. So I walk into a group of 17 other people at this restaurant, so welcoming. I'm surrounded by the best voices in the industry. Bill Fortune is the guy that Art Volo mentioned at the reception that I Really needed to talk to before I left the building because he has such great pipes. Well, he sat to my left, and oh my goodness, does he? Holy cow. And he's probably, oh, he's probably bumping 70 years old, if I had to guess. Well, the guy on my right, just so happens, was Chuck Buell. So we had all kinds of extra stories to tell. Don Bino from WCFL was sitting across from me. Art Volo was there. Pam, who is currently doing a documentary on Dick Biani. I mean, it was just all these people and all these stories. It was like the championship match at Wimbledon and the longest volley that they've ever had there. Everybody bounces off of everybody else. As we sort of got 
situated, the waitress came to the head of the table and she says, this is how I would like to take your order because you're a big group. Okay, fine. And she says, this is how I will split up the bills if it's okay to you. So Don Bino says to everybody, he goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought somebody had a trade at this place. And of course, everybody's roaring because, you know, no radio people pay for meals. <laughs> and it turned out that I didn't pay for my meal because somebody else picked it up and she never brought me an individual ticket. So I left her a very heavy tip, but it sort of felt like I had a meal on, on trade. There was also another guy that was sitting at the end of the table that was wearing the exact same Hawaiian shirt that I wore two nights previous when I went to the Beach Boys concert. Thank you, by the way, to Don Kay, Don Kronberg, for the excellent tickets at the Coronado Theater for a fabulous show uh, celebrating the Beach Boys' 60th year. And we saw a bunch of people we knew, and God, it was so much fun. So either way, that conversation starter was his Hawaiian shirt, and it turns out that there's a really good chance, based on what he's working on and what we're working on, that we will somehow be able to collaborate and benefit each other down the road. But, you know, of course, that remains to be seen, but you, you just never know. So to give you an idea of the people that were sitting around this table as conversations go, and you know by listening to Storyteller Studio, you start out with one thing, and then all of a sudden you jump to 40 different topics, and you would just never guess that you would ever end up where you are now based on the initial question. To give you an idea of the caliber of people who was in the room, because they've been around so much and they absorb so many details. They've been around with so many people. Art Volo, especially. If you don't know Art Volo, he's the guy that started videotaping radio announcers in the studio simply because, you know, we know what they sound like, but nobody knows what they look like. So he went to KHJ in Los Angeles and KFRC in San Francisco and, you know, WLW and WABC. I mean, honest to Pete, over his years, he has videotaped everybody that is anybody. He'll go to the NAB. He will do special conclave things. He will do the morning show bootleg camps. Uh, he did some things for radio and records that if you look up Anything that you really sort of want to look up, it doesn't really matter what you search, that has to do with radio air checks, uh, you will see one of Art Volo's pieces of work one way or the other. So as he went on, he says, well, you know, I'm working on a couple of different things. And he was talking about, you know, Eastern Michigan University and, you know, the archive place that is there at the university. And he says, well, look at this. He shows me a picture of him and Jimmy Fallon. He has taken, remember the switcheroo thing with Jimmy Kimmel and Jimmy Fallon and, you know, one's ABC and one's NBC and nobody sort of really knew that it was happening. Well, he took both of those shows and edited them and intermixed them and put them on his site. So it's volo, V-U-O-L-O, video.com, volovideo.com. And uh, it's really entertaining. Well, the other thing that he showed me was a testimonial on his phone, a little bitty, like 17-second video, I guess it was, a testimonial for anybody that wants to go, hey, are you the real deal before I let you in my radio station? And the testimonial was not from a radio person. It was from Tom Brady. 
as in NFL quarterback Tom Brady. So, <laughs> you know, sometimes it's what you know and who you know and what you know and who you know. It was a really good time. So after I talked to the two ladies and they invited me to the, uh, the dinner in the parking garage, uh, I ran into a guy that had a box on his shoulder. And I was just teasing with him. I said, wow, you look important. He goes, well, I was an hour ago because those were the programs for the, for the event. His name is Ed Ramsey. Turns out that he works for DePaul University. He's also a board member for the Museum of Broadcast Communications. Here we are in the parking garage after a fantastic event that lasted for, oh, a good two hours. And here we stand there talking radio for 32 minutes. As it turns out, uh, Liz Wilder and I are going to go to the Museum of Broadcast Communications and do an episode of Life's 3x5s, and uh, we're probably going to have lunch with Ed, and he's just one of those fantastic guys that not only is he a sponge, I mean, he wants to know what you're doing, and he wants to know the details of it because it's just interesting to him. Uh, He is also a flowing fountain of information with giving things that you could possibly use. And I think that's probably the magic of that day. I mean, everybody in the room, one way or the other, maybe not cut from the same wood, but we are definitely in the same forest, and we speak the same language. And it was so, so nice. So I was thinking maybe, you know, I get there at 3, and I leave at 5, and I'm home by 6 back in Rockford. I don't think I rolled in until 10.45, <laughs> and I was wound up like an eight-day clock. And, of course, my wife, who I met at the radio station 32 years ago, um, she understood all that I was telling her. But, of course, the last thing that she wanted to hear is a bunch of string stories from somebody who <laughs> you know, just rolled in at close to 11 o'clock at night. So anyway, there you are, everybody. That is my day that uh, I, w- I was just so hyped up for it because, um, you know, sometimes when you, you expect the minimal only because that's what the ticket said, and then everything just leads to so much more within a six-hour period, it charges you up, and uh, it wants you to keep going and do things in that particular field. And I'm sure you have that with your church members or people that have common sports interests than you. You know, everybody's got their little niche. You just got to find the avenue and find the people that are willing to do uh, the same (laughs) yammering that you're willing to do. So anyway, thanks for listening to this episode of the Storyteller Studio. I'm Tim Larson, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Storyteller Studio. 